With me for this session, I have uh, on my immediate left, uh, Mr. Ashwin Desai uh, in the center, Mr. Charles, fondly known as Chip Harris, and Mr. Jerry Alexander. I uh, graduated from Stevens Institute of Technology in Hoboken, New Jersey in 1964. And right out of school, I went to work for the Permuted Company, which at the time was one of the major water treatment organizations. Uh, while there, I was an application engineer. Uh, in the evening, I got my MBA to prove that I wasn't an engineer so I could go out and make some real money. Um, shortly after that, I entered sales, covered the New York City area up until 1975, and then I moved to Los Angeles area in California, where I was a regional sales manager, and conducted my work there through 1982 at which time I was approached by a British water treatment company called Portals Water Treatment to uh, join them because they were acquiring a water treatment organization called LA Water Treatment and they wanted me to act as their VP of Marketing and Sales. I did uh, join them and I did serve in that position through about 1990 at which time I became president of the company. It was then acquired by Thames Water who after a few years recognized we were an industrial company and they were a municipal organization, so they shut down the business, at which time I left and I became uh, a salesperson for Gleg Water Conditioning out of Guelph, Canada. And I worked there for about eight years, uh, rose to the position of VP of Sales, um, and uh, at that time the company was acquired by General Electric. I stayed there for approximately one year before leaving to join what was then U.S. Filter, which was owned by Veolia, subsequently owned by Siemens Water, and most recently, within the last six months, was bought by a private equity company called AEA and has now been renamed Evoqua Water Technologies. And in that position there, I have two titles, one being the Business Development Manager for Oil and Gas and my second, Global Director Process Water. Good. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah. Chip, what about you? <laughs> well, <Don't> I, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> my, my educational background is not as, as, as vaulted as some. I, uh, I started in, uh, in a small water and wastewater treatment company about a year after I got out of high school um, as a way to, to work my way through school uh, through, uh, through a local junior college. Um, I liked what I did. Uh, company soon went uh, went out of business and I, I dabbled around in construction until I started back in water in 1979 when I uh, uh, went to work for Mostec Corporation out in uh, Texas as a DI water t maintenance technician. Uh, ended up uh, moving back to Florida at some point and ended up being lucky enough to be uh, asked to go to work for with basic technologies which was a, uh, a pioneer firm, uh, OEM, in, in the Florida market. Uh, went from basic tech to HydroPro, uh, which was kind of a continuation of basic tech since many of the people that were there have ended there. Uh, stayed with them for a number of years. Uh, my, my role has always been, uh, I'm a field hand uh, at best. Uh, you know, I, I do commissioning startups and things like that. Uh, Left basic tech, ended up with uh, Energy, Energy Recovery Inc. for a short stint as their technical manager. Um, left them and was with Advanced Membrane Systems for, for several years as their manager of, of technical and manager of manufacturing. Uh, 
and uh, had my own firm for a short time. And then my most recent posting before now was with Aqualing Holding AS as their chief technical officer uh, based in Dubai. And I've just recently repatriated back to the U.S. Thank you. Ashwin? First of all, I'm honored to be included in the Pioneers Group, and thank you very much for that. Uh, I graduated from uh, University of Michigan in uh, 1960 in chemical engineering, and did my uh, master's uh, in chemical engineering from Wayne State University in 1965. Uh, during that time, I had a couple of jobs uh, in uh, Cleveland, and I think in 1965, I got transferred to California by buyers of uh, my old company, Ryan Industry. It was in the cryogenic business. And uh, the company in uh, California, the name was Cosmodyne Corporation. And Mr. Bartlett was uh, James Bartlett. Uh, he's the owner of uh, Hydronautics, ex-owner of Hydronautics. He was uh, president of Cosmodyne Corporation. And I worked at Cosmonine till 1974, and then uh, Mr. Bartlett had kind of retired in 74, uh, and I went, he moved to Santa Barbara, and then he called me to join the water group business. And I think, like I mentioned my, in my biography, only thing I knew about uh, water was the formula. <laughs> and uh, seriously, you know, and uh, all the other people were, uh, part of the ROGA alumni or, uh, you know, a lot more experience. So that was the first beginning in uh, water business, 1974. And I started as a product engineer uh, and moved up through the ranks uh, within the company. Uh, eventually uh, uh, became vice president of systems business. And then in 1984, uh, Mr. Bartlett sold the business to Roman Haas. Uh, that was I think it lasted for about three years. And then uh, they in turn sold it to Nito Danko. And then I became uh, president of the company after uh, Nito Danko acquired the company. And uh, I stayed with them for a couple of years uh, to start my own business. And that was in uh, 1990. And Membrane Systems Corporation. Uh, I sold the business in 2006 to H2 Innovation of Canada, and I did some consulting with them for three to four years, and then uh, uh, I'm kind of uh, now semi-retired. It's kind of surprising the way I got to basic technologies, because I'd, I'd moved, I'd relocated back from Texas with my, uh, my new bride at the time, and, uh, and you can appreciate why I say that. Um, so, <laughs> um, the, uh, I had, was looking for a job, and I saw an ad in the paper for an RO company looking for a draftsman. And that's what the ad read. Mm. Now, I knew what an RO company was, because I'd been working in RO for a while. I mean, I've done a couple of drawings, and you know, you know some of my best things are stick figures. But um, I went and applied for the draftsman's job. <laughs> and, and was, you know, I, I interviewed with the, the head of engineering, and who then passed me on to the head of uh, their service department, who uh, at that time was Ben Mullenhoff, and uh, interviewed with Ben, and uh, and you know, the interview concluded. Nothing special. Didn't think about anything. Drove back to 
to the town where I was living in, which is about an hour's north. And by the time I got back to my home, they'd called the house three times looking for me. This wasn't a time, obviously, before cell phones. And they had uh, apparently wanted to give me a job. Nice. I was, yeah. I was thrilled, yeah. But you thought you were going to be a dressman. Well, I, I, you know what? <laughs> it, it was the time in my life where I would have taken any job that came along. But you had some fairly, I mean, you had some pretty big projects at early water treatment. Yes. You recall a couple of, other, of the others? Well, we were very fortunate in that we recognized membranes were the technology of the future, if you will. So at that time, I hired a gentleman by the name of Harbons Coley, who is well-known in the industry, in my opinion, one of the most knowledgeable membrane people there is. And um, we noticed that the state of Florida, because of the THM issues, trihalomethanes, we're going to be going toward membranes to remove the precursors. If you remove the organic material, you don't have THMs. So we hired Harbons with the intent of trying to penetrate the market. And in those days, fortunately, AE firms, engineering firms, were nervous about membranes. They weren't sure if they worked. So at that time, specs were written as black boxes. There was a drawing, and in the middle was a box, and it said RO, water in, water out. So in those days, it was left up to the equipment supplier to really design the system, and uh, which gave us a lot of flexibility. Um, it also let us evaluate operating costs versus uh, capital costs because of flux rate, membrane area. So we went after the market quite hard. And in those days, uh, we also installed systems as well, which is a little bit unusual. And with Harbon's direction and, and hard work, we were quite successful in Florida for a period of about five years. Uh, we, we did very, very well until the point then when the engineering firms felt they knew enough about it that they would take over the design of the system, make it more of a commodity purchase so a GC, a general contractor, could buy the parts. So a system supplier or a designer, his influence diminished. And at that time, several things happened and we kind of not exited the market, but uh, felt it was in a very good market for us. And then subsequently to that, uh, and actually at that time, the notoriety that Hydronautics had was solely to do with uh, Yuma. That is very true. Uh, I think uh, what we did is uh, we bid the Yuma project. Uh, uh, only 20% of the total capacity, about uh, 21 million gallons per day. And I think the reason we came out low uh, bidder on overall, you know, considering the capital cost and the op operating cost, was the optimization we had done for the design. Okay, what recovery, what power requirements, membranes and everything. So I think that was a huge uh, accomplishment and uh, also that, uh, that put us on the market, you know, in the industry. Right. So. As the years have gone by, Jerry made a good point just now about the way that engineers viewed RO changed as uh, they thought, and I won't include myself in that group, but as they thought they understood how the process worked, uh, that they could design the plant themselves. And uh, as a result of that, I noticed uh, uh, with some of the more illustrious names in the business that uh, the plants became uh, probably a lot more expensive to build 
than they had been when the OEMs were doing the engineering work. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, do you think that's a true statement? Yes and no. I mean, if, if an engineering company, which has which has a lot of reputation as well as a lot of overhead, including errors and omissions and everything else, is is cited with designing the plant, you know, for a large scale plant, and you know, the system there is no more system supplier. Uh, you know, there is a pretty significant uh, cash outlay in regards to that design. You know, that that full plant design. Uh, in the old days, there was a, there was a lot of uh, uh, you know bits and pieces design. Somebody would take a bit and piece of this, and an EPC guy would take this, and system supplier would take this, and, and and a lot of times it was very difficult to coordinate that. There were there were literally times when a pipe was here and a pipe was here, um, which also cost money. Uh, but I think that you know because of the uh, the limb that the engineers have to go out on. You know, they're tasked with designing a plant that will meet a specific criteria for X amount of time, uh, then yeah, there probably is some additional overhead in that. But I also think it's a safeguard for the, um, the end user, that the end user has a certain amount of, of safety in that, that, you know, should anything bad happen, they can go back to the engineer rather than trying to claim it through six different entities to try and find out who did what and how. But you know, it it was it was a fraternity in in the in those days. It, it really was more of a fraternity, yeah. base, at least to me. So. I mean, well, it, it had some major changes. The first wave of RO was in the early to mid '70s, when it was truly driven by the OEMs, the system suppliers. And then, as that market tended to get saturated and the needs were satisfied, it kind of disappeared to about the early. Well, mid mid eighties, about eighty five, right. and the THM issue came up. And the initial people that jumped into the market were relatively smaller companies, and there was only a handful, really, maybe five or six. And you knew each other, and um, it was a friendly competition, to be quite quite uh, honest. But once again, as the engineering firms took over the uh, the marketplace, if you will, they changed it into a commodity business, which attracted more people. The scope of the system got smaller and smaller to all of a sudden it was just racks with membranes. So the, the, the picture of the industry has changed on the municipal side dramatically mm -hmm. from a system supplier to more of a commodity supplier. All of you have had long and distinguished careers in this industry. Um, what do you think, if you had to choose some event or some innovation or some application that you consider your greatest achievement, what would it be? Jerry? Well, I wouldn't put this in Far the from hiring Harbons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would put this one in the achievement category, but uh, an event that happened that I think changed the history of not only membranes, but the water treatment industry. And uh, at the time I was on the periphery, so I hope I get most of the facts right, and they are true. Uh, was when I was with Permuted. As you may be aware, they were one of the pioneers in the water industry, and their initial choice was to go with the DuPont membranes. They bet on that horse in the race. And after a few years, began to realize maybe it wasn't the best choice. So the management at the time of Permuted, which was 
perhaps the leading water treatment organization, OEM in the, in the United States, decided to uh, take action to retain a strong position in that market. And um, I don't believe it's well known, but they made an offer to buy what the time was Fluid Systems uh, from uh, Gulf Atomics. And they made an offer, certain sum of money, which by modern standards is rather meager, I think several million dollars. And it was turned down. So the president of uh, Permuted went back to the corporate parent, who at the time was Ritter. Uh, they were big in the dental business. And I think they needed $5 million to acquire fluid systems. And uh, they were turned down. Uh, Ritter felt they could make a better return on dental chairs than they could on water treatment equipment. <laughs> so they said no. And uh, Permitted did not, was not successful in buying fluid systems. They did create a skunk works in their R&D center in Princeton to develop their own membrane, but uh, the company then was sold to Zern. Uh, they found out about the skunk works. They hired a Mr. Tidball, I believe his name was. Bob. Bob yeah, Tidball. Yeah, from Envirogenics. Right. He yeah. was going to help permit it because they couldn't buy a spiral wound company. They were going to make their own. And the new owners found out about it and, well, let's say they weren't happy about it and there was change in management. But I often wonder if Permuted had bought Fluid Systems, the, perhaps been? the greatest water treatment company at the mm -hmm. time, or the greatest membrane company at the time, what would have happened to the market? Where would we be today? That's right. Um, so I often think about that. That's, so, an, that's an interest. I never knew that. Uh, th not many people did know it. Uh, yeah. Not many people are still alive to know it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Chip, what about you? I don't have any particular, you know, events or, or, or shattering changes in mind. I've been very lucky in my career to have been uh, either on the periphery or directly involved with a number of, of plants, uh, mostly with a number of plant problems. You know, that I've been very fortunate enough to be called upon to help people solve their problems over years, and then that's, you know, I. The biggest, you know, the biggest single thing I can think of is, is shortly after City of Cape Coral had uh, installed uh, a large amount of uh, Dow uh, hollow fiber membranes in their plant, they were starting to have problems with membrane failures. And and however it ended up, I ended up uh, being part of the team to go and 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 look into that, and and we managed to find that it was. Not a membrane problem, but an operational problem, which ended up getting myself and the Dow rep thrown out under sheriff's guard. <laughs> it's not the first time I've been thrown out by a sheriff, but mm -hmm. it was the first time I've been thrown out professionally. <laughs> <laughs> Ashwin, what about you? Well, I mean, Yuma had to have been. No, on a personal level, okay, uh, I wish I had started my own business earlier. Long, long time before. But at the same time, uh, I had to give a lot of credit to uh, hydronautics, hydronautics water systems also. A uh, lot of pluses and minuses uh, working for a private owner. Uh, you learn a lot. At the same time, uh, hydronautics water systems did not grow as much as it could have, okay, because we were limited to use our own membranes. 
Okay, and that was a big negative for us, you know. Uh, eight and a half inch membrane element, that was a special size membrane for us. Uh, you remember that, I think. Uh, so, but uh, he made a lot of money. You know, we were selling uh, CA membranes in Saudi Arabia for $2,400. Yeah, I remember that. Can you remember that? Can you believe that? You know, yeah, so, man. <laughs> so he made out from, you know, great. Uh, and we used to sell them twice sometimes. The final question, and uh, think about it carefully, is uh, if you could roll the clock back, knowing what you now know about what you've been doing for the last 25 or 30 years, would you do it again? Personally, I have no regrets. I wouldn't change a thing. If somebody would have told me I would have accomplished what I have in my business career, I would have been happy when I started. I would have said it's a good career. So I have no regrets, and I'm uh, very proud, and, uh, and I truly am passionate about the water industry and membranes in particular. I think it's a wonderful business. Ashwin? No, no, I have no regrets whatsoever. Uh, sometimes I feel like getting into it again, you know. <laughs> even though, you know, and you know, then I say, why? You know, it's crazy, you know. But again, but I think I have no regrets actually. I don't think I would do anything different than what I did. Uh, I, I only hope I can give as much back to the industry as the industry has given to me. Actually, I have one last question for you, Chip. Uh oh. If that ad in the newspaper had said. Uh, field service engineer, would you have applied for it? Oh, in a heartbeat, because I knew I was more qualified for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, yeah. Well, it's been, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I appreciate mm. you all coming, and uh, I appreciate your kind comment, Chip. <laughs>